centralized intent, but decentralized planning and execution. Aspirational vision creates that intent of where you're all striving to go. But again, if you, as you build these milestones together to the fruition of that vision, you're allowing others to flourish and you're taking the decision-making out of one individual or one organization's hands because they're living in, a, you know, only two dimensions. And so, you know, one, we need the Pentagon to see that, right? Like we need the Pentagon to see that they're absolutely critical to creating the aspirational vision, whether that's, you know, a digital fortress for a base or whether that's, you know, the, the administration and Congress and Secretary of Defense saying 5G is a national imperative, you know, for the nation. But then get out of the way, create the yeah. vision, <laughs> but allow allow people on the ground to rise to that vision and generate, crowdsource the opportunities. And that's really what we do in many ways. That decentralized planning and execution is not only how I embody how we meet the milestones and the objectives of where the Pentagon's trying to go or where lead, my leadership in the, in the Pentagon and headquarters Marine Corps is trying to go. But it's also how I lead a team of teams across the country in all these different projects and all these different technology areas is getting myself out of the way of every item, recognizing that those that are skilled and knowledgeable of the their area of that vision need to have the, the freedom to flourish in it and the freedom to make decisions in it. And so, you know, this principle is about what a leader can do to create the commander's intent or the aspirational vision, but then really how they release the ego, if you will, right. And release the bureaucracy and say, I'm going to get myself out of the execution phase of this. It's really what unlocks the ingenuity and the initiative at the local level, because we think opportunities generate from the bottom up, but they should be aligned to aspirations from the top down. And this is always what I've framed is that, you know, my job is to be, to link the collaboration, the opportunity, the gap on the ground with the aspiration of the Pentagon. And we too often, our organization doesn't do those. So what would you say to someone who says you're handing power, you're handing decision to people who are maybe not necessarily the experts or that's, it's essentially, that's a really scary concept uh, to not have control over something. And that should be what, you know, a bureaucracy does. And that's why bureaucrats get skittish about you know, that direct relationship that you have with uh, a two-star, three-star at the Pentagon. It always changes, but yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That, that direct relationship, because, you know, they're, they need to be able to plan and project and do their, do their wickets. Um, So something this agile is, is scary to them. How, how do you explain this in a way that you think they would be able to relate to? Well, what are they more concerned of? Are they more concerned about risk? Or are they more concerned about failure? Because ultimately, we're on a path to failure. The world changes so drastically now. If you don't recognize that a prescriptive process and, and decision-making 
by a few individuals that are shaped by the past in how they think is a threat to us, then, then you're doomed to fail um, when your world is changing so rapidly and the world around you is changing so rapidly. So I want to you know, use an example, uh, L- Lieutenant General Dana. He was the deputy commandant for installations and logistics, 2016, 2017. I'm on a fellowship at the National Renewable Energy Lab. You know, I get a lot of freedom when I'm there in Colorado, just kind of by myself at, at this lab that I know very well, but to work on designs, work on, you know, efforts that, that could benefit the Marine Corps. And I start looking at mobility. I start looking at ride sharing, Lyft and Uber, car sharing, bike sharing, autonomous vehicles. And I write the future of uh, mobility for installations. I knew that he was open to ideas. And so I sent this article before it was published, before I'd even really sent it around to, to be considered for publication to his aide. And that night he read it, wrote notes all over it and sent it to his two-star general and said, you need to pursue this for installations. Now, fast forward three years later, and I'm here unlocking the first 5G on any military installation. I'm here doing digital fortress and counter intrusion on bases. I'm here doing UAS or drone traffic management. I'm doing energy resilience. All of these opportunities generated, not even in the specific topic that he said, I want you to go and pursue it. Brandon, I think you can lead us in better business models. We're going to send you out to San Diego. That was all mobility at the time. It was about, you know, people catching lifts and Ubers and, and doing an autonomous vehicle. But what it gave me was commander's intent that better business models mattered to the Marine Corps. You see, we just, it was his vision and his blessing on the vision of better business models that unlocked the decentralized opportunity that I could generate. Now, I had to be wise all along the way, and I couldn't just wield some power I had no true power, but I had a blessing. I had a, mm-hmm. you know, I had the blessing of someone that is a, a leader across the organization. And as long as I wielded that appropriately and treated it just as commander's intent of what we're striving for to generate opportunity and change in the Marine Corps, then I was free to continue in the execution. Lieutenant General Dana has been retired for over a year, but it was his vision to the opportunity of what decentralized planning and execution with me back in San Diego could do to his vision of the Marine Corps in the future. <laughs>